Welcome to the Advanced Training Podcast, episode number six. In this podcast, we are building off of what was discussed with Joe Trunzo in episode number five, The Glorious Game of Madden. So like Trunzo, I too was obsessed with Madden. I'd say from the ages of 21 to about 25, it was something that I was involved with every single day. So uh, my parents had a pretty pretty cool basement. They, they trusted me. They trusted my friends. So it was something that we could always just go down there. It was a hangout spot for all of us. You know, we didn't go out and do stupid stuff. We pretty much just played Madden. So what we did, uh, we started a league, me and four of the buddies, a franchi- we fr- franchise mode. And in this mode, we drafted our players. We played out a season. We kept our statistics. We went all the way through the Super Bowl. And then after that, we continued to play in that franchise mode with those same teams for eight seasons. So by the time we finished playing that franchise mode, there was really no real player left in the game. Every player was a computer-generated player that we drafted and in our own sick minds that we, uh, we cultivated into being either, in our minds, these great players that they were based on uh, the computer simulations and the scoring that they gave them and the rankings that they gave them. We got crazy enough to the point that we even wrote up a Madden Constitution where if I played my game on a Monday night, you know, like the normal daily schedule for me was I'd get up early, I'd go work out, I'd go to work, coach football, then I'd come back to my house. If my game is up, I play my game, and then the next person whose game is up that week has to go. They have 48 hours to come over and play their game within the next 48 hours. If they don't, their game gets simulated. So, uh, we've had arguments, we've had fights, we've had almost a friendship end where you, you simulate someone's game. Sometimes you, you simulate it by mistake and, and they hate you forever for it. So, it, it really became a big deal, but it was an absolute obsession to us. And the, the remainder of this podcast is really not going to be about so much about Madden, but it is going to be about how Madden made me a worse football coach. And this, the things that I want to say about Madden is not... Things like in a slappy, sloppy Madden plays on Instagram, which is an awesome site, by the way. I'd, I'd definitely say go follow it. It, it, just, it just shows the insanity that occurs and how mad you can get at a game. And, you know, guy is supposed to get sacked. He falls backwards, throws the ball between his legs, 87 yards. The receiver gets knocked over, helicoptered, lands on his head, catches the ball on his feet, shuffles it backwards to some running back who moonwalks into the end zone. That stuff's hilarious. We've all been there. But this is not what I'm talking about. What I'm talking about is as you are coaching the game inside of Madden, not not the button clicking that you're doing once the ball is snapped. It's all the pre-snap stuff that I'm talking about that has made me a worse coach. So the first thing was in Madden, you all know it, there's this giant playbook. It's at the palm of your hands. There's a, I don't know how many plays. Let's just say there's 80 plays. There's 12 different formations. Those formations have different personnel groupings. So for those of you that aren't too much in tune with personnel, if it's on offense, let's just say it's uh, something called 11 personnel. That means one running back, one tight end. If it's 12 personnel, it's one running back, two tight ends. If it's 21 personnel, it's two running back, two running backs, one tight end. So the first number is the number of running backs. The second number is the number of tight ends. And you know, in in real life, it's let's let's go backwards. In Madden, it's really easy. 
You say 21 personnel, you click a button, and uh, two running backs and one tight end just miraculously show up on the field. You say uh, 11 personnel, well, that's pretty good. You know, one running back, one tight end just show up on the field, and now you got three other wide receivers. Life is good. In real life, in high school, it's not so easy to do that. There's not just some uh, some dopey kid standing on the sideline waiting to have his number called to come in. First of all, you'd have to name that package. Then you have to make sure that kid stands next to you in practice waiting for that package to come out. And now we haven't even got into the actual play itself. So Madden has this playbook. You call the play, and there's a 100 plays to select from, and you really have this arsenal of stuff in your back pocket. But in high school, at least for me, at least in my world, I've come to realize that complexity is the enemy of execution. If we have a 100 plays, we're going to run them, all of them, in a mediocre fashion. I'm a person that loves to run a few plays in a masterful fashion. And it goes back to this Bruce Lee quote where he says, I fear not the man who's practiced one kick 10,000 times. Check that. I'm saying this completely wrong. He says, I fear not the man who's practiced 10,000 kicks one time. I fear the man who's kicked one kick 10,000 times. Apologies for butchering the quote, but this all leads back to the playbook. You have the playbook in Madden. Everybody knows the plays. You line people up. They know what they're doing. And usually what happens is the guy either catches the pass or he doesn't. Or you make a bad judgment call and the play gets picked. But essentially, it's not because the person doesn't know what they're doing. But in real life, in real football, a lot of what's happening is that the player is unable to execute the play that's called because they don't know it or they forget the technique on it because they're too confused because they have too much going on in their head. And what I love about football is that as you're lined up, problem solving becomes very hard when you're about to get hit. Right? Joe Rogan always talks about mixed martial arts as being problem-solving with dire consequences. I believe that football is very similar in that account. If I am an offensive tackle and I know that I need to down-block on a three technique, well, that sounds pretty simple unless there is a six foot four, 285-pound defensive end breathing down my throat ready to knock me out cold. Or if I line up and I see this three technique and then he shifts into a four eye and I don't have the same angle on him, what do I do? So truthfully, you know, in Madden, you don't have those issues because everybody miraculously knows what to do, but in real life, they don't. So how does this get back to bad Madden coaching? Well, you play Madden enough, you just think that everybody's going to know everything. You think the personnel packages are going to be ready to go, and they're not. So it gets you into this habit of trying to get fancy and trying to get cute, and then you can't execute because no one knows no, no one knows anything, and they haven't had enough time to practice anything. The other part of this, and this is like a big thing, let's just ima imagine in Madden, you call the perfect play. Let's say you call a play-action pass, and your X receiver is running a fly down the field, and he's wide open. And you throw the ball, a perfect pass, and doink, right off the guy's head. What do you say? Ah, this guy sucks. It's his fault. I called the great play. I am a genius. The Madden gods hate me. Well, that kind of happens in real football too. Coaches will call great plays. They'll have guys that are wide open. And it the, the receiver will either drop it or the quarterback will throw a bad pass. And they'll blame either one or both of those players. But the reality is, is that if you haven't trained your receiver to catch the ball well, 
if you haven't trained your quarterback to throw the ball well, it's really not on them that you call the play that, that isn't best for them to execute. And I'm not talking about a scenario where you have a lights-out quarterback and a lights-out receiver and he just so happens to drop it. I'm talking about you're in a situation where your guys just aren't that good. And you call the play, and it's a masterful play, and everybody's open, but uh, they still drop it? Well, it doesn't matter. It's It's irrelevant. You've made you've called a bad play to a person that can't execute. That's on you. That's completely on you. So as a coach, at least in my mind, you want to put players in the best scenarios where they have the best opportunity to succeed. Does it mean it will always happen? Absolutely not. But in reality, in reality, it's your job to up those those odds. So you see teams that in real life. They'll say, hey, look at Madden, I have a goal line package. I could run with uh, 32 personnel. That's three running backs, two tight ends. And then uh, they'll do ridiculous things in Madden where they'll audible to an empty package. The defense doesn't know what to do because it's got their goal line package on the field. And then you call a play and, and everybody seems to know what they're doing. That, that is something, again, that could never happen. Something that I had done uh, not too long ago either was I had this great idea to have a punt formation and then shift out of that punt formation into this wacky spread formation and then uh, run a fake out of it. And on paper, it looked sick. We had like a, a center that was eligible to go out for a pass. We had uh, people on the other side of the field that were eligible to catch passes. Our quarterback was also the punter, so he could throw it. And then we had like a wing back that can go out and uh, do like a little bit of a, a block and then escape out and release and catch a pass. It looked sick. It looked sick. We called it, and uh, nothing worked. <laughs> we snapped the ball. The quarterback can't find anybody open. Kid was open. We throw it bad. And uh, I kind of, everybody's blaming uh, the quarterback should have thrown it or the kid should have caught it. But the reality was it was my fault. It's, it's not, none of this stuff is simple. We spent so much time practicing, lining up in one set, shifting to another set, set making sure that enough guys were on the line of scrimmage so that we weren't called for uh, not having seven men on the line of scrimmage. All this stuff matters. All this stuff takes time. All this stuff takes away from other execution, but that's a Madden-type thing that made me call that play. Very stupid. Uh, I'd say that it was clever. It was a clever move, but clever does not mean smart. Clever does not mean smart at all. So, now on the other hand, there are some things that I took from Madden that were good. Not everything was absolutely negative. So, one of them that I really like about Madden, at least in the newer versions, is it started to gauge fatigue of players. So, I, I'm a little sick, just like Trunzo. So, what I would do is, I would always look between my, and I would kind of like run the same play at the same guy, and I could see if my buddy's right defensive end was getting tired. I could see that starting to happen. So I would actually, instead of trying to run right and then run left, let's just say I was running power right, power right, power right, I was not going to come back with counter left to trick the defense. I was going to run power right, power right, power right, and if I see that end getting tired, I'm going to run power right again. And if my running back gets a little tired, I'm going to sub that guy out, but I'm still going to run power right at that end again. I'm going to wear that guy down. So I love that that game incorporated some sort of physicality into it because that really is real life. Especially if you're playing a physical football game, I like to wear that guy out. The other part of it is that when you play 
in more than a one-year league. So some guys are really good in a head-to-head matchup. If, if you play me the first time in Madden, you'll probably beat me. If you play me in a multi-year league, and just like when I play with my friends, I lost the first year. I think I lost in like the uh, NFC Championship. And then I came back and won the Super Bowl seven years in a row. Because for me, I like to dissect what's going on in the game, but I also like to build a franchise and legitimately build a franchise and not around one or two players. Uh, you, you know how they give your team an average score. For me, it was about building the average score of the overall team. I loved getting rid of the, the big-time players because they ate up too much of the salary cap. I loved getting a lot of good players, and I love to base a lot of the stuff off of their awareness because awareness in many situations, at least in the years I was playing, that was what would help those kids, kids, wow, those players get a 99 rating. And I say this with our team as well. You know, there's been times with the teams that I've coached where you'll have one or two really great players, and they, and Matt and they would have a really high ranking. But other guys may not come out for the team because they're intimidated by how good those one or two guys are. Or... You know, and this is this is a bad part of Madden. In Madden, you're trying to get guys, uh, in, especially if you're playing like one season or multiple seasons, you're trying to get guys into the Pro Bowl. You're trying to get guys, uh, you know, to, to break records or be the MVP of the league. So you start feeding the ball, feeding the ball, feeding the ball. Or in defense, I would constantly, I would just play with the middle linebacker. I was a middle linebacker, try and feed this guy tackles, have him make every tackle. I put him on the kickoff team to make tackles, put him on the punt team to make tackles. Just try and load up with tackles because... You know, when you're playing as a user, for some reason, you're not getting nearly as many tackles as the defense is getting in a, when they're playing as a computer mode. So there, there was a year, I remember this, I was a, a middle linebacker. I had drafted, I believe it was Brian Erlacher as my middle linebacker early. And I, I'm certain of it. I got like a hundred and I know I'm certain that I broke a hundred tackles because I was very proud of it. I was actually more proud of that that uh making tackles in real life. I'd broken over 100 tackles, but it was insane what I was doing with Brian Erlacher to make that happen. I was putting myself in situations to allow him to make more tackles, which absolutely wouldn't happen. But back to what I was getting at with real life is that you'll try and feed these great players, but it actually reduces the average of the entire team because people will get demoralized or they'll quit. But now, let's just say you don't have those 299 players but you bring in a, a handful of, of other really good players. Maybe a, you lose two 99s, but you get seven 90s, and then you get eight more 80s. Well, maybe your top-tier guys aren't the 99, but the overall average of the team has gone up, and that's something that I tried to do in that franchise mode. The other part of it, and this was wacky. I can't remember what Madden year it was, but they, they really were getting into players' emotions, and... If guys didn't get enough playing time, they weren't happy. And then some guys would actually sit out of games or hold out. It was, it was pretty insane. You actually had to have this uh, locker room morale that you were responsible for as the head coach in the game. So that's something that I believe is really important. So th- In real life, by the way. So I'm going to talk about it here for a second. So in real life, this is something that I believe is true. And what we we try and do, and I, I pick this up from other coaches that I've worked with along the way, is you want to get as many people involved as possible. That's, for me, a big reason why I don't want two-way players. Yeah, in one situation where a guy is, one guy could absolutely be your best outside linebacker and your best, uh, let's say, tight end. Absolutely. On paper, he's the best. But from a team perspective, if I can get 22 guys starting, 
That means 11 on offense, 11 on defense. Now, I have 22 happy guys. But if I have 11 guys starting going both ways, now I only have 11 happy guys, and I got 40 angry guys on the bench. And now let's say I have 22 guys starting, 11 on offense, 11 different guys on defense. And now imagine that I have legit role players, hungry, angry, feisty role players on special teams. Now, and to me, I consider that starting. Now I can have up to 40 guys starting on this team. So everyone has a role. Everyone has a purpose. And I won't even go through in gory detail of having a single-way player gives them more time to perfect their craft and get more repetitions over the course of a year. Or be able to come to the sideline in between plays and not be fatigued at the end of a game. Or be able to talk to their coach and make adjustments. Or be able to watch more film and master their craft over the season. There's so many other things that I won't get too deeply into. But I'm just talking morale here. I love having more people involved. I want team wins. I want everybody to be happy at the end of a game. There's nothing worse than winning. I'd rather lose. I'd rather lose a game than win and have people unhappy after a win. I want everybody to feel like they were a part of that. Everybody. Everybody. Now in Madden, there's no practice. There's no feeling of, hey, even though I'm the right team, I'm sorry, I'm the right tackle on scout team, uh, or I'm the defensive end from Purdue, like uh, Rudy used to say, and you feel like you were part of making that guy ahead of you better. You don't get that, right? So I just want to win, And but in real life, even some of that, you try to instill that in your kids, and, and some kids get it. Not a lot do. Some kids get it. But if they're getting on the field in some capacity, well then, everybody's got a shot to be happy. Okay. Uh, I, I think that's pretty much about it. This this will be a short podcast. I just wanted to build upon the things that Joe Trunzo said. I also want to let him know that I, too, was obsessed with Madden. I know I could not beat him head-to-head, but I would at some point if I hit the lottery or if he can help me become independently wealthy. I would love to dedicate some time to get into some sort of Madden franchise with him and everybody else on this podcast and put our wits, wits to the test over a series of time. All right, men. Thank you for listening. Talk to you soon.